gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. My name is Baro, and with me tonight to talk everything Chivas Femenil, Melissa. Melissa, what's up? Mm, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to start, but I just want to to give a, a very public apology to everybody who got hooked with this team. And if I contributed to making them fans of Chivas Femenil, I'm sorry for all the emotional damage the team is dealing to everyone right now. So, yeah, I just want to apologize to you guys, to everybody listening, <laughs> and who is a fan of the team for everything that's happening. Yeah, things are not are not good for Chivas Femenil right now. Um, we haven't recorded since they uh, advanced the Liga. They were supposed to play America in the quarterfinals. Um, Chivas got eliminated. They lost at... Um, Oh my god, what's uh, America's where they play Guapa, right? Yeah. They didn't play Aztec. Yeah, so they, they lost 1 0 at Guapa and then they drew 2 2 at home and were knocked out due to the goal that America got in the first game. But um, we can just go over that real quick before we get into everything <laughs> falling apart. Like, <laughs> into whatever is happening right now. The, into the full, the real chaos, because right now the quarterfinal elimination is like, oh yeah, that happened. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, the quarterfinals, um, yeah, first of all, America didn't let them play the Azteca, probably because that was going to give, like, an emotional advantage to Chivas. And, I mean, props to them. I mean, they, they played their cards as well as they could, like, setting the, the first leg at at noon when it was, like, the heat and everything affecting our players, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they did what they had to do, and... And I mean, even like checking the stats in terms of of like shots on goal and, and everything, it was like pretty even. But I mean, the problem with Chivas was just that nothing seemed to, to get in the back of the net. And I mean, there's only so much you can do before like the, the pressure start, uh, starts mounting and frustration and it just keeps getting worse and worse. But I mean, certainly it wasn't for lack of chances that Chivas got eliminated and that's kind of also frustrating because they really had like really good opportunities to score and they just couldn't they just couldn't do it so yeah I mean nothing much to to add there I mean on the kind of bright side um on the second leg when kind of Chore started like throwing everything he could at the wall to see what would stick um I kind of liked uh, Isabella Gutierrez who ended up getting her first goal as a pro because I mean she's like really young she's 16 but she showed like great attitude and like this hunger that you want to see in players and she didn't seem like like rattled by playing Liguilla and being down in the score so yeah I mean I kind of like got that positive note uh, from that match and hopefully we will keep seeing her with, with Chivas and developing with Chivas because I think that she's a very interesting young player that we have there yeah, like like you said, um, I I took away the same things. Um, I think it was very similar to the regular season Clasico, where you know Chivas had these chances early, they didn't convert them, and then America just took advantage of everything they created. But um, did did you think there was a possibility of a comeback when they uh, after that Licha goal, it, it seemed like the whole team woke up, and I think they hit the crossbar, they hit one of the posts, and um, you know Isabella Gutierrez gets her goal. Did you think there was any chance they would uh, somehow score two more? I think there was like five five minutes left, and then the ref added maybe like four. So maybe like ten minutes. 
to get those last two goals. Yeah, for a moment I kind of did feel like okay, maybe this is the like the moment when they're going to make like the comeback, but <laughs> then nothing <laughs> happened. And like it, it was crazy, like the subs Chore did at the end. I think that at, they ended up playing with just one center back because it was just like all in. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, maybe if he had made like the adjustments earlier, or I mean, it's kind of like um, pointless to discuss what he could have done because like half of the players on, on that starting 11 are now gone <laughs> so i mean yeah i mean it happened to me like to when i was writing like the the season closing recap for food mix nation i kind of had it already and then everything that we're going to discuss now happened and like i just threw it to the garbage and started again because it's kind of pointless now yeah i had I remember we were <laughs> we were going to record before all this happened and I was ready to come onto the pod like with a positive attitude and be like, you know what, they got they got eliminated, but it's okay, you know, we have a good core. This team is on the right path. Amaury seems to be all in and all that and then and then just chaos happened and Yeah, and I told you like <laughs> I think that we should wait because I kinda yeah. feel like something's going to happen. And I mean I kind of did like expect like okay i mean we need to figure out like what what's going to happen if players are getting caught but i didn't expect it to end up like this so yeah it's pretty bad so i think that we should start recapping <laughs> that car crash um bit by bit <laughs> uh yeah so after the elimination a couple of days later chivas announced their first cut of uh, players they cut um Dani Pulido, Guadalupe Velasquez, Gabriela Huerta, Samara Alcalá, and uh, Janely Farias. And they also listed uh, Priscilla Padilla, Andrea Sanchez, and Maria Ayala as transferable. So off the bat, that's what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 8 players that got released or were listed as transferable. Yeah, I mean, also like for a bit of context, um, I was already like kind of expecting the team to release a bunch of players because they hadn't caught anyone last season because of COVID. So I thought, okay, I mean, like maybe players like Lupita Velasquez or, or Gabriela Huerta who weren't getting like many minutes and stuff, we are like, okay, I mean, it, it's good that they are letting them go because you, you need to keep strengthening the roster. But then when I saw Janelli got caught, I was like, what? Because... I mean, obviously she has like a ton of quality and she was, she wasn't able to play because of shoulder surgery, but like, even though she wasn't playing, like I, something that I've always mentioned is that having like that caliber of, of players and especially like in her case, because you see like the work ethic she has and everything that she does, like to stay fit, even though she wasn't, she was injured. Like that's the kind of attitude you want in the locker room. Like you want players like that so that the others can learn from them. So that kind of surprised me because I figured out that maybe she was going to to try and get an extra season to play with Chivas. But yeah, I mean, and from the transferable players, um, Priscilla Padilla, I think that she's she's good. Um, she responded well when she had to to step in, but it's just that she seems to have fallen fallen a bit in in the cracks, and I think that maybe getting her loaned or her getting like a, to a different team where she can get minutes is going to be good for her. And then, I mean, goalkeeper Maria Fernanda Ayala, 
I mean, she was basically like a panic buy because uh, Rubalcaba left. So, I mean, I wasn't like expecting her to, to stay too long in the, in the team. And then the other big surprise was like Andrea Sanchez because she is like a national team left back. She was always the starter. And then like during the, the quarterfinals, we saw that she didn't even get called up on the second leg. And after the match ended, that's when she posted on her Instagram. Like she congratulated her teammates and it kind of was clear that her problems were not with them, but she kind of uh, hinted that it was something with the with the staff and from management that she didn't know why she hadn't been called up and that she was going to to like take it as a learning experience and it kind of like hinted that her relationship with front office was was not good. So I mean, also not surprising after that post that she was listed as transferable, but it's still going to be like a huge loss for Chivas. Because I mean she's a, a really fantastic player and then how are you going to fill in that gap? Because the only other left back left was um Araceli Torres who just <laughs> now, just before we started recording, um is now listed as unregistered. And what this means is that, you know, her contract is no longer active. I mean it can be because it, it ended and she just hasn't been like re-registered with the team yet or she's negotiating. So, I mean, we now have no left backs left in the team <laughs> and I don't know what we're going to do about that. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the, the worrisome part is that you were already going to let go of a bunch of players that maybe weren't as important to the team but now even the important players are leaving and there's no there doesn't seem to be like a plan on how to cover those gaps I mean if, if only Chelly Torres had been left as in her position you say okay so we have one now we just need to go and pick another one so that you know she has competition on the position but now <laughs> I don't know what what's going to happen there yeah we talked we talked about that during the season when um I know you brought up that you were wondering why Andrea Sanchez wasn't getting the starts. I know Torres was playing for her. And um, I do you think that the issue she had with front office date all the way back to the beginning of the season? Or do you think it was like a mid-season rip? I think that a lot of the of the issues right now, in like kind of in like hindsight is 2020, I think that maybe the way that Coach Villa left may have left like bigger rifts in the team than, than we thought mm -hmm. there had been. Because, I mean, in the first interviews, Chore did mention, like, I know that this is not an easy transition to make. And I talked a lot with the players and, and like, I tried to, to like, um, communicate with them about how we, con we could make this, like, a smooth process. And, like, for, our, for, like, the first half of the season, I mean, the team looked amazing. And, like, I don't know, I mean... Um, the way the way she put it was like I just got like benched or thrown out and I I don't know why. So she didn't like exactly say what what was happening on her end. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, hard to tell unless unless we were like there or or something. But yeah, I mean, clearly the the issues the team has right now. I mean, this is not just like something that happened last month. I mean, this is clearly something that the team has been dragging on for a while and maybe getting good results was kind of masking things. And, and like, I mean, it's easier to get along when you're winning. Yeah. 
so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. And like the thing is, okay, so maybe you're you're maybe always going to have like one player who doesn't agree with the coaching staff or who is at odds with with their teammates. So you cut them off, and and I mean that's not like unheard of. But the problem is that it's not just Andrea, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he had just been her, then you say, okay, like maybe she was the the problem and she just wasn't a good fit for the team anymore. But now with everything that happened after that, I mean, it kind of like gives you doubt about who is the, is the issue on the team. Yeah, and then, you know, the fallout from the first wave of cuts, you know, we got the Andrea Sanchez Instagram post. And then we also got the uh, Danny Pulido YouTube video where she made, um, you know, basically explaining why she uh, she retired from football. You know, basically she retired and then, you know, giving her reasons why she said um, she approached the coaching staff and, you know, asked what she could do to get more playing time. She uh, never received an answer. She said she was always on time to practice, you know, went to every practice, did what she had to do. Um you know, so then she also addressed like people that have been mentioning her social media as a distraction, like her YouTube channel, that, you know, she got distracted and lost focus of her soccer career. But, you know, she said she's always been 100% committed to Chivas and that, you know, her YouTube channel was done on her own free time and never affected her work at Chivas. And then the big, the big thing she revealed was, um, main reason for retiring is that she her wages she was receiving four thousand pesos a month which is approximately two hundred dollars a month um and that's when the pesos strong like if the pesos a week it's less than two hundred two hundred dollars a month um she said her original salary when she started with she was was two thousand five hundred pesos a month approximately 125 dollars a month and um you know it's just it's not a, a salary that you can live off of and uh, you know, it's it's sad to see that that's the main reason that she she's retiring from soccer. Yeah, I mean, with Pulido, I, I kind of there are like different aspects that that I think that we should consider. I mean, I don't know what happened with with coaching staff in terms of they weren't giving her feedback or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she's a player that has been for three years at the team, and like at first she was like on the undisputed starter, right? And then as the league progressed, she kind of got left behind. But I think that it's also partly because of her performance. Like, I remember seeing her play preseason matches and getting, like, minutes here and there, like, with Pilla and Chore, I think, didn't give her minutes. But I never felt like she was giving, like, those extra steps in her development, like, to guarantee a starting spot. So, I mean, I think that from the... uh, perform the nearly from the performance side of things i don't think that she was like like that was the issue like oh i mean i'm getting bypassed and even though i'm better than jacqueline or godinez or whoever like i don't think that's the issue with her and like the other parts i mean of course it's worrisome that they are getting that salary and i think that could also hint to some of the problems we are seeing right now with the team mm-hmm. because you have like the first uh, crop of players that won the title and like they, they, they kind of stayed in the team because Chivas hasn't had like a large turnover of players. They haven't like really changed their roster much. 
So maybe if you're like a player who has been like since the start and you know that maybe you're not going to pay, get paid a lot at first. And then like the team starts making like even, even bigger signings. And I'm pretty sure that those other players were getting like a lot more money. I mean, of course you're going to resent that because you're going to say, okay, I mean, maybe I'm not going to get paid as much as them, but I do want like a living wage to, because of the time and the effort I've been putting into this. So yeah, I think that on that front, she's right. I mean, I think that if those are the salaries that Chivas is giving them, it's not a good look on them either because, you know, we hear all the time from Amaury that it's important to to help women and whatever. And then like players come out and, and say these things. I mean, it's like completely a complete contrast with what front office is saying they're doing. So, I mean, I think that that it's kind of like it's not mutually exclusive to say that Daniela Pulido wasn't performing as well to to have a starting spot, but also that does not justify the salary that she was getting. And I mean, in terms of the distractions that she may or may not have had with the YouTube channel, I mean, we, we see other players who are starters, like having their own ventures. I mean, like Norma Palafox, for example. So I don't think that's also an issue either. So that was more like... Um, criticism she caught from fans because we've talked about it before I mean fans don't seem to like when the players from the women's team are on social media or have like a very prominent social media profile because they think that that kind of like distracts them yeah but it's also kind of funny to point out that players like Pollo Briseño post all day long in social media and they, <laughs> he has never caught criticism for that I mean, like, even Pollo Briseño's dogs are models now, and, and nobody has criticized <laughs> him for that. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's also kind of part of this cultural perception we have in terms of how women should present themselves in public. So it's kind of interesting. The, the Daniela Pulido video is interesting because it kind of mixes all those things. I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems that things are, are worse at Chivas than we imagined because... We know that their conditions are better than most of the teams. I mean, there's a, the the plane travel. I've heard that the in terms of like meals and everything, they're really well covered. And the players that live at the clubhouse too. But I mean, that only gets you so far if you are also not going to back it up with with the actual salary the player is getting. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, but um, you know, not to make excuses for Chivas, but it's not. I think like salaries aren't a Chivas exclusive uh, problem you know it's a it's a league-wide thing um players are not making you know the salaries they should make across across Mexico and on all teams and but that's the scary part though you mentioned that Chivas is kind of like from what they put out there in uh from, from what Nelly Simone said in her interview which we'll get into you know it, it seems like this is one of the teams that kind of takes a little more care of their uh, feminine players than maybe other institutions do yeah, and I mean, and and like I said, I mean, especially if there is like a big disparity, you cannot have that because if you have like your player that gets gets the least amount of of money in wages gets four thousand pesos a month, and then you bring in like a national team level international player, I mean, I don't know how how much the highest salary that Chivas pays is, right? But I've seen reports like from Tigres and Rayadas that they're paying like 80,000 pesos a month. So, I mean, I think that's where where the issue is. Uh, if you are in, like, it happens. I mean, I think that it, everyone who works has had that happen to them. Like you're seeing that 
someone comes in making more than you're making. Yeah. And it's exactly. And it's not like I mean, yeah, I mean, and if Chivas had said, okay, you are not going to be our uh, one of our star players, but we are going to set like a baseline in terms of salaries and say, okay, our minimum salary is going to be I don't know, ten thousand or twelve thousand or whatever. Then it's like an at an acceptable level that you can make a living, and like be okay and comfortable with that salary. Then you say, okay, I mean, I'm not going to be their top performer, but I'm getting enough that I can, you know, make a living, pay my rent, and yeah. and, and and be okay with that. So I think that that's the problem that as Chivas tried to grow and maybe tried to get into the race with the with the regio teams in terms of salaries they may have kind of missed that part that they failed to set like a minimum baseline that that left the other players happy even though others might have gotten more wages than there than them yeah i think you know potential wage disparities in the locker room you know obviously that that's something that could definitely split a a locker room like you said you know you have the original you know chivas players from like 2017 and if you know danny polito is actually one of them so if she's in the original and she's making 4,000 pesos a month, you know, you have to assume that maybe some of the other players that are still on the Chivas roster are making that around that same amount of money. And then, you know, you have the new signings that are probably making more than them. And, you know, they look at it like, I've been here this whole time and I'm like overlooked, I'm underpaid. So, you know, that that could definitely split split a locker room. And then, you know, you have... Um, Lisbeth Ovalle with her deleted Instagram story, you know, <laughs> mocking. I, I don't know. It it definitely looked like she was. Uh, it was uh, directed towards um, Dani Pulido and the situation going on that she was. You know, she's with another player and you know asking somebody to send them four thousand pesos and you know then they both start laughing. It was up. I don't know how long the story was up, but it was deleted uh, soon. And then you know you told me that it's not the first time that player like Lisbeth Obaya has done this so I mean it's not it's not a good look on the on the league in total like you know you got to be you know you have to be a united front and not not split it like this I guess yeah I mean we're not expecting everybody to be best friends and like get coffee together but I mean it's just I mean it just reveals what kind of person she is and I mean, if that's how she wants to to live her life, I mean, okay. But I mean, like Leah, like you said, there has to be like this sense of solidarity. Just because you are doing well right now doesn't mean that something might not happen to you. That you will need others to to like fight with you to improve your condition. So, I mean, it's not definitely not a good look on her. And I mean, also, I mean, to each their own. If that's what she thinks she should be saying on the topic. Then like like I, I tweeted that like on my personal account. If you if you don't think that you should be like or show solidarity to people who are in a worse work situation than you, then that speaks more about you than it does about the people you are mocking. So I mean completely up to her and just sad to see that because you want players to to understand the, the extent of the issues. I mean, just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean that the situations are not bad for the rest of the players in the league. And especially since she's one of the most visible faces and she has like a platform, if she decided to use it to help other people, I mean, that would be amazing. But it's also not her obligation, I mean. So that's clearly her choice and up to her entirely. 
Yeah, and then, uh, you know, there was also rumor that she was a, a possible signing for Chivas, but um, after that, I don't think oh, that would be a me. good move. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hope she, she doesn't arrive here. I mean, she's very talented, but on one part, I mean, I think that she's one of the players who could make the jump to another league rather than another team in Mexico. And like on personal opinion, um, just by seeing how she is on the pitch and these things and details of the pitch, I won't want her on the team, to be honest. <laughs> as much talent as she has, I, I don't want people like that on my team. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I tweeted the other day that after that, that broke, um, you know, I was watching the Liga MX uh, Feminine final as a neutral, but after that, I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go for Rayadas now. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's not the first time that she has fought or with Chivas. Like, I remember, I think that she had an argument with Ruby Soto and then, like, the legendary fight with Andrea Sanchez. So, I mean, it's not new. She has oh, that was her. I didn't no even know love. that was her. <laughs> clearly, no love for Chivas. So, I mean, let her carry on with her life journey. We'll carry on with ours. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was the Danny Pulido situation, you know, and at that point, you know, things are pretty bad. We're like, you know, <laughs> we we talked again and we're like, you think it's safe to record now? And then that same day comes out that uh, Nicole Perez and Maria Sanchez have not renewed, did not renew their contracts with Chivas and will no longer be with the team. Um, you know, rumors that Nicole Perez is going to Rayadas. I've seen some things that Maria Sanchez might be going to theaters, but nothing like concrete. I think uh, uh, Natalia Leon tweeted that a Chivas player is going to Rayada, so I, I I think that's Nicole Perez. Nothing official yet, though. But um, yeah, Nicole Perez and Maria Sanchez, two of our key players this season, are gone. And that that just sucks. Like you know, Maria Sanchez led the team in assists, led the league in assists, I think. And then Nicole Perez, you know, is you know, she's a purebred Chivas player and loves Chivas. And for her to want to leave, that that like you said, that says something about the locker room and what's going on with the with the front office. Yeah, I mean, nothing has been confirmed yet. But like the biggest tell that it's a, a Chivas problem would be if they left to to other Liga MX teams because if if they left to a foreign league, like you could totally understand that. That like I've been saying it, I. I've kind of been expecting Nicole to make the jump to a foreign league for a while now. So I'm partly not surprised, but the thing that hurts is like seeing how this is happening. I mean, they basically just got like a like an image that said thank you and that was it. When someone like Nicole deserved like a better send-off. And same with Maria. I mean, you, you want to see the players leave like on good terms. And like even though they, they like really highlighted that on their on their goodbye statements that it was not because of a problem with the club. I mean, if they end up signing up with, with Tigres and Rayadas, what do you want to think? Like, yeah. that means that Chivas was not able to, to secure them, like either the wages they needed or the environment that they needed. So, I mean, that's completely, completely on Chivas if they cannot retain their, their top players. So, I mean, we'll see where, where they go. And like my big concern I mean, it's not that, that it just that it hurts to see them with another, potentially with another MX team. It would be to see them fall into this kind of like gilded cage situation where, where they would be winning titles, but maybe like they, 
I don't know how easy it would be for Tigres or Rayadas to let them go abroad. Because we're seeing that situation with Ovalle. I mean, Ovalle is pretty much waiting for her contract to end so that she can go because all the Houston Dash rumors have been going on for ages and it just seems that that Tigres might be the the the, the kind of like the block between her and, and going abroad. So, I mean, I don't know if, if Tigres and Rayadas are going to make big investments, like I assume they're going to in these players. Like how how long will they be like forced to stay there to kind of like recover that investment. Yeah, I mean, Ovalle is a left winger, right? So if the Maria Sanchez rumors are true, maybe they're going to let Ovalle leave and then Maria Sanchez is the instant replacement. I mean, it's going to suck to see, but that might be what's happening. Yeah, I think that that's the most likely like a scenario because mm-hmm. I don't see them both like at the same time on that team because it was it would just be like I mean, I don't think that they're going to bench Ovalle for Maria, to be honest, because of what Ovalle means to that team. Right. I mean, and that, you know, and then on Chivas, it just leaves two big holes um, that we need to plug players into. I know. On like, the Maria field and on our on... heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is like, you know, Licha and Maria came and replaced Ruby Soto, and now Maria's gone. Uh, we'll get into Licha later. Um <laughs> but now we need a left winger and you know you keep looking at the Chivas roster in my head I was like maybe we plug in Jocelyn Montoya but now we don't even know if she's still a Chivas player because she changed her Instagram bio and it doesn't say she's a Chivas player anymore oh. it's it's all so bad so and then Nicole Perez I don't know what you do <laughs> it's just another yeah, hole yeah I mean yeah it's just Holes everywhere, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now, um, Licha, Norma, Palafox, and Jocelyn Montoya, they're like rumors that they asked to leave too. And I mean, the worrisome part is that Norma Palafox also has like no registration right now, so yeah. that means that she has no contract officially. I mean, what that means, I mean, it could be that she's just renegotiating with Chivas, or it could mean that she's going to leave. So, I mean. I don't know the Montoya thing. I I find surprising because I mean she one would think okay so Maria's gone it's my time to to yeah. be a starter because she usually plays the, the the left wing that's that's where she started playing with Chivas so I mean it, if even that is not enough of an incentive to stay then like I said everything points to something being really wrong inside the team. Yeah, definitely. You know, and then, all right, so the Maria Sanchez and Nicole Perez news hit. And, you know, me and you again, we're talking. We're like, when is Amaury or Nelly Simon going to say something? Like, the team is just falling apart and nobody's saying anything. And then that day, Chivas releases a video, uh, kind of like a little interview with Nelly Simon. And uh, the takeaways that I took from that, you know, were she emphasized that players that don't want to be at Chivas are not going to be forced to be at Chivas. Um, they kind of backpedaled on the the Ceballos statement, the VS statement, when he got fired two weeks before the season started. Originally, they said that it was due to disagreements in player development, and now you know that day, Nelly Simon said he committed a mistake off the pitch, and that professionalism professionalism is a must at Chivas, much like the men's side. Um, she did talk about Nicole and Maria 
directly. She said they they still have a great a great relationship, and that they left because of doubts with the team and you know wanted to explore their options. Um, what else did she say? Uh, she also talked about like uh, the women's team development. She said uh, they don't have the same structures and developments from youth as the men at the as the men men's teams do. So therefore, they're not as prepared to deal with uh, the responsibilities and the professionalism that you know professional soccer players need to have. I don't know what that means. I feel like that's uh, indirect that players that might have left or might have got cut, which sucks. Um, but she also talked about, you know, she addressed the Donnie Bolivo situation too. She talked about that the team provides all players with uh, education opportunities, in-house meals, housing, and full access to club staff, you know, nutritionists, physios, trainers, the same exact treatment that the men get. Um, she did agree that wages are still low for players, but, you know, she did say that players have received 50 to 150% raises from their original salaries with the team. Um, she commented that the team is not profitable at the moment and that the recent roster cuts were to allow kind of to allow them to distribute the money among the players that they are going to keep. Chivas did have a a vast roster because, like you said, Melissa, earlier, when the pandemic hit, a lot of uh, Liga MX feminine teams cut a bunch of players. Chivas didn't cut anybody. So, you know, we were expecting cuts. We didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. And lastly, she said... There are two to three possible signings for Chivas, but it's difficult because a lot of players' contracts end in May and not in December. So I don't know. There better be like four or five signings now because we've lost too many players for them to not, you know, we're not going to have a team now. But but that was the Nelly Simone press conference takeaways. Um, I don't know what you took away from it, Melissa, but that, that was a lot that Nelly Simone had to talk about. I mean, she she had already done like a video like that last season, but this time it was like way different. And I mean, Nelly Simone has a theater degree. She has been in media for I don't know how many years. Mm-hmm. And like, even though she obviously has the preparation to be on a stage or or like on front of a microphone, like you could tell like her body language, like she was angry, man. Like you could tell that she was like like really really tense and like if if that was her like holding back i don't want to imagine how it is when she's like <laughs> not holding back so i mean clearly i mean they 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 really covered all the the bases that they had to cover because of everything that had happened and i mean i said it like also on the on the account like i agree with some things but like, yeah, I mean, you need to, to cut players. I mean, obviously Chivas had, like, maybe an oversized roster. And, like, if you're going to cut players so that you can give better conditions to others, that's okay. But I still don't agree with some of the players that got cut, obviously. And, like, yeah, I mean, you're not going to force players to stay. But they definitely need to ask themselves, what are we doing to make players want to be at Chivas? Because... If you are not being attractive to, to top players, then you need to figure out what you're doing wrong. Because at some point, just saying we are Chivas and we want you is not going to be enough. Like, you need to back that up with either salaries or with like a good environment for players to be in and, 
clearly right now that's not the case. I mean, yeah, I mean, everything that she said in terms of, of the players getting, like, the same care standards, maybe as a, as the men in terms of, like, the, the physical trainers and the facilities and, like, yeah, I mean, I do think that on that sense, Chivas is, like, among the best teams in the league, but... I think that also, like, obviously part of the video was kind of, like, deflecting the blame and kind of throwing it a bit at players and saying that players, kind of hinting that players weren't wanting to be professional, but also how professional can you be if you're getting paid 4,000 pesos a month? I mean, yeah. it's kind of like the both sides of the coin. And, I mean, she even kind of, like, said, oh, yeah, fans are going to support us. Because they always support Chivas, but they need to understand that changes are coming, and like you can't blame the fans for feeling the way they're feeling after Maya Sanchez and Nicole Perez left. Like, I mean, come on! Like, of course people are going to to feel sad and angry that that this is happening. I mean, I don't know what you're expecting there, and also like partly the the communication from the team has been lacking. Um, we weren't getting like injury reports. People like. We're speculating, I mean, does this player have COVID or are they getting caught because the coach doesn't want them or what's happening there? So I think that that's also like something they need to to improve because if you're not communicating enough, then people are going to start making like theories and filling in the gaps of what they think is happening. So yeah, I mean, I think that also like regarding Villa's situation, I mean... From the statement they released first, obviously something big, big had to happen because of him living like that. Because you could see that Nelly was really invested in his project and his ideas for the team. And I mean, it's interesting that she brought up like the men's situation. So that kind of hints that it was like some kind of indiscipline. Maybe he was at Antuna's party or something. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, but it's kind of like... It was like a like a PR cleanup thing, but I'm not sure that it was as effective as they think it was going to be. To be yeah, honest, yeah, no, I I just had more doubts after that press conference ended, or not press conference, whatever it was. But I was just like, all right, this answered nothing. Like, what what's happening? <laughs> yeah, it was not reassuring. It was just mm -hmm. like Nelly saying, "This is my stance. Take it or leave it. I don't care." Yeah. And and yeah, that's what you got like from her body language, from her tone, and just from the fact that she just kept repeating and repeating, we are not going to keep anyone who doesn't want to be here. I mean, clearly, I mean, I don't know how involved Amaury is right now because he had been like, he seemed to be quite busy with the OVNI life things, like he had been touring and stuff. So we have no way to know like, how involved he is or how much he knows right now about the women's team. But, I mean, it seems like he's going to back Nelly and, and Chore. So, I mean, we're going to see how that works out for them. Or maybe they're just going to hold on to them like this season. Because Nelly did have a good point. You cannot rebuild your roster in December. The trans transfer window is too short and player contracts tend to end during the summer. So... Maybe that's also what the club decided. Like, okay, we're going to give you six more months to prove yourself, and otherwise, we're going to start with a rebuild of the team in May. So, I think that could be also like another angle there for them. Yeah, I mean, Twitter 
you know, they started making the Nelly Simone and um, Iguera comparison. So, and you know, right now that's what it feels like. You know, Chivas wins. They didn't. Chivas won the championship, and but on the men's side, and then Iguera dismantles the team. The feminine side had a great a great season, and then you know, kind of crashed out at the end, and now the team is getting dismantled. I mean, this is like supposed to be having on the men's side, not 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 on the feminine side. Yeah, I mean. And I think that it's valid like to question Nelly Simone's tenure because you were hired to prevent this kind of stuff from happening. I mean, if there was no sporting director, you could understand that maybe you missed the mark at some things like this. But if you have a sporting director and all of your biggest players are leaving, then what, that kind of questions like your your performance and what you're doing at your job, I mean... It, it, as things keep progressing, I mean, they just keep making Nelly look worse. I mean, I don't know how much of this has to do with her, but that's how it looks like from the outside. She can say everything that she wants, but the way it looks is different from what she's saying. So if this was like a, a budget problem, I mean, I think that then the, the, the thing to do is say, okay, I mean, this is not going through me. Like, I'm doing what I can with the budget that the team is assigning me. And I'm not the reason why players are getting 4,000 pesos. And, I mean, in that case, if the team is not giving you the resources you need to implement your project as a sporting director, then you need to step out. And I feel like they're kind of holding on to things, hoping that it will blow over, but it's not going to blow over. I mean, we don't know what... I mean, hopefully this team will do well next season. But right now, if with the roster they have, they were only able to make it to the quarters. Right now, I don't see this team making it to Liguilla even. Yeah, I think Chivas is going to have a, a rough season next season. You know, and then we didn't even mention, you know, we've been kind of mentioning, um, you know, other rumored departures, Licha Cervantes, Norma Palafox, and Jocelyn Montoya. And then you tweeted um, two. Who were the other last two names? I didn't write it down. Evelyn Gonzalez and Araceli Torres. Right, right. So and we have not. no left backs <laughs> yeah, now. No left backs. No left winger. And yeah. So I mean, we could be losing could be our tough. striker, our main striker, because we would have uh, Yashira Barrientos and um, uh, Norma Palafox. That would leave a hole at our right wing. Who's gonna play right wing for us now? Like it's so so many missing pieces that I don't know. I think you have to question Nelly Simone's job because you know players are leaving. Um, it's her job to maintain these players, keep them happy, you know, keep them at Chivas. And by the way things have played out so far, there's definitely an underlying issue that you know us as fans are never gonna know what happened. But for now, it seems like the team has decided to back Nelly Simone and players that went went against her or whatever are are now gone from the institution or have not had their contracts renewed so you you might be right that they're only going to give Nelly Simone six more months and then you know if she doesn't get it together and and the team doesn't have a decent season next season you know she'll be fired and they, they bring in a new sporting director and like she said contracts are done in May so the new sporting director would be able to kind of pick and choose what players to bring in but yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in the next six months for Chivas Feminine. Yeah, and I mean, you also see like the other 
teams making moves. Like you see Pachuca bringing a coach, an international coach like like Antonia is. And you see them like move Eva Espejo as sporting director. And then you see Juarez sign Eva Espejo's uh, assistant coach to their head coach position. And you kind of start seeing all these moves and you're thinking, what are we doing? I mean, we're just falling apart. We're not, we're not, we're not adding anyone. And I do think that, that Chore deserves another season. I don't think that he's either entirely to blame or, or I don't think that he should be blamed for what's happening. And yeah, I mean, it's just going to be overall like really tough because Chivas is stalling and the other teams are getting better or at least making moves to get better. So also, I mean, it, it, I've also been seeing like, for example, Scarlett Anaya, uh, Leon Femenil's new coach, and you see like her experience and it says, oh, she comes from Chivas, she's worked at Chivas. And then you see Juarez's new coach profile, and she coached Chivas and Rafael, and you're saying, okay, so all this talent in the <laughs> women's league has been coming up from Chivas, and we don't have, like, uh, why why did we not keep them? Or, or why did we not keep on developing, like, those structures to have more coaches and more staff that that is specialized? Because that also could help. I mean, if you're not going to sign players, then you really need to also look like into your coaching staff to see how you can help the players that you already have to get better, right? So, I don't know. I mean, I would be thinking that we need another goalkeeper coach because the one we have has been there for two years and I haven't really seen Blanca improve her technique, for example. So, if you're not going to sign players, then, okay, bring in a good goalkeeping coach and, like, hope that that will help Blanca sort out issues and that she's going to help you win matches by not conceding goals and I don't know I mean from what I saw from Pato Alfaro I still think that maybe that also could be a weakness and maybe bringing in a more experienced assistant coach that can help Chore out could also be like something that they could do that doesn't necessarily involve signing players but that could also help like manage the team because the way that I'm looking at the like at at things at the outlook for Chivas right now is that they are going to hope to do a, a Querétaro, like qualify with a roster that is not that good and hope that you can make it past quarterfinals like with good coaching. And I do think that, that Chore has like, like the tools to do that, but it also like how well are they going to be able to mend their relationships with players with whoever decides to stay because we don't even know who else is going to leave. And I don't know, I mean, we might have end up playing like a lot of the youth squad players, but how good can it be to try and speed up their process? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just complicated. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not a fun off season. I mean, and you, you keep, you know, you said we don't even know who we're going to have and, we have this bad reputation of recording an episode and like the next day even more bad news comes up. <laughs> so tomorrow we might wake up to like Licha Cervantes has gone from Chivas or something and I mean She's back at Atlas now. <laughs> Imagine why. Yeah, so I don't I don't know, but I mean as like like, you know, I have said on the pod before, like I was a casual Chivas Feminine fan and we decided to like really try to deep dive into Chivas Feminine this season. So I didn't, I didn't miss a game like the whole season. 
um, except the Leon match, which you know no one can confirm did or did not happen. <laughs> but um, like as a new fan, like it was fun. Like the season was fun. It was it was um, it was fun to watch. You know the players really seem. You, you we were talking about it like the whole season that the players seem united. Obviously now that <laughs> the season has ended, and the way it ended, we were wrong the whole time. But I don't know. I, I think that someone new into Chivas Femenil. The elimination actually hurt more than I thought it would. Like, at the start of the season, I was just like, you know, what, whatever happens, happens. But I watched the team play the way they did. And at certain points, like, you know, when they beat Rayadas at, at their at um, at um their house, what was it, 4-2, I think, 4-1? Yeah, 4-2. Like, that gave you hope. Like, you know what, this Chivas team is the real deal, and maybe they can win the championship. But, um, you know, they end up crashing out of Liguilla. And I I think like the feminine elimination kind of hurt a little more than the men, because I feel like the men kind of overachieved with what they had, and the women definitely underachieved by what they showed us uh, during the season. But I mean, going to this off season, it's gonna I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna suck. But you know we'll be back uh, next season to keep talking to you about Um, I'm invested now, so you know I'm gonna go down with the ship if I if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just want to, to say again that I'm sorry to everyone <laughs> who, who got hyped because <laughs> I'm sorry for what you're experiencing right now. I mean, I've been at this longer and I've been through similar situations before. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll get a good surprise because I remember also that at the beginning of last season with Chore, we were thinking... I mean, I don't know if this is going to work out because Chore has never coached a women's team. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe all of the youth squad players that are probably going to, to join the <laughs> team, they're going to end up really good and we're going to end up um, with a really good U17 national team playing for Chivas <laughs> or something. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, right now everything is just like too messy to figure out what's going to happen I mean but yeah there's still like uh, we have like three weeks left before next season starts the calendar will be revealed today during halftime for the during the final so we'll see how also how the calendar goes because hopefully they'll get like an easy start to adapt you know whatever roster we have by then but I mean I don't know just it's been like quite a trip to be honest <laughs> and I mean at least um I was I was saying that like the day that the Nelly Simon video came out it kind of makes me feel a bit better that at least we know what the club's position is mm, like we are we now need to see how that gamble is going to work out for them and hopefully that they will make the best decisions like for next season, because I, I still think that's kind of something that might happen, that they decide to like reboot the project in May. But I don't know. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a really weird season, to be honest. But I mean, last time this happened, we didn't have like the coach that that, that took over like the worst season that Chivas Femenil has had yet. He wasn't as good as Chore, so I trust that Chore will kind of find creative ways to to work with whatever players he has. Yeah, he just has to work on his uh, triple substitution of death. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> we sound so defeated at the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I keep joking that that's why the the slogan for the club is "It's not love, it's Chivas." Because like this is worse than love and self-destructive behavior. <laughs> and, and someone was telling me on the DMs like we we are going to need to to build a support group for next season. So that's, so, yeah, uh, I mean, that's actually like a segment we've been talking about developing on the podcast. We were gonna call it a uh, Chivas Fans Anonymous, and uh, we were just gonna put it out like make a channel and have people call in and like just leave like a one minute message or something. Of how Chivas has ruined your life, so we might we might make that happen. Then we just plug it into the episode. <laughs> yeah, you know it's bad that my roommate hasn't even been teasing me about this. <laughs> like she can see how bad how bad this has been feeling for me that she's not even like peeking at me with this, just because I, I haven't even been telling her anything. Like she just said, "Oh, how's Chivas doing?" And I was like, "We lost more plays," <laughs> so she hasn't even been like making jokes about it. Just because she can tell that it's not, I'm I'm not like in the right mental state for that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, thanks Chivas for you just carry on ruining my life. <laughs> well, we do have a positive note to end this podcast on. <laughs> um, <laughs> over the weekend, Ruby Soto got her first goal for uh, Villarreal, so uh, we have that going for us. She actually. Uh, retweeted the account and shared the Instagram post. So that was cool. But um, I guess that's the, the last note of positivity that we'll have on this episode. Uh, we'll be back. I don't know what. I don't know. More Chivas News is definitely going to break Melissa. So We'll, we'll... we'll be back <laughs> if we don't get traded to another team. <laughs> we'll be back with more bad news in, in like a week or two probably. That's, I feel like yeah. that's what's going to take. <laughs> But uh, no, we'll definitely keep doing these uh, Chivas Femenil episodes. I, uh, I I liked it. This is the first season we did it. Uh, you know, thank you, Melissa, for joining us. You know, we definitely wouldn't have been able to do any of this without you. So thank you. And, you know, we'll we'll keep working on them next season. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's been great, like, talking on the regular about the team. And again, I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just keep at it and see see what comes next. All right. So this has been the Chivas of the Norte podcast. We are out. <laughs> <laughs>